Welcome to blogcast number six from The Introvert Entrepreneur. I'm Beth B. Lowe. This post is from August 11th, 2015, and it's titled, How to Cure a Case of Shoditis. Forgive me, friends, for I have sinned. It's been days since my last blog post and weeks since my last newsletter. And yes, I did mean to mumble there. But it's been at least 100 days without a workplace injury. So yay for small victories. The truth is, I have been a little bit stuck. It happens to us all. Back in June, my friend and colleague, Sophia Dembling, contacted me to get my input on a post she was writing about pushing past creative burnout. Her timing was good. I was feeling on top of my game. My creative energy was flowing. Fast forward a few months to today. I feel like I'm now where she was then. Burned out, depleted, out of bandwidth. It took me a little while to realize what was going on. Maybe you've experienced this too. Generally feeling lethargic. Enough energy to do what's required, but not much more. Ideas bouncing, but not sticking. Overwhelm, because too much is happening and not enough is happening. Lethargic, bouncing, overwhelm. I get just a little nauseous just thinking about it. My initial diagnosis? Should-itis. It's that terrible disease that sets in when we obsess too much about what we should be doing rather than focusing on that which works best for us. It's that nervous twist in our stomach because we feel like we're never doing enough and everyone else is somehow doing it all. It's that anxiety in our heart that we're missing out, messing up, melting down. For me, writing this post is part of the cure. In processing through the situation, a few other antidotes have bubbled up for me. If you've ever felt like you've been overtaken by the shoulds, here are three ideas that might get you re-centered in yourself and in your truth. First, identify the shoulds and challenge everything. Where in your business and in your life are you saying, I should be? Take an inventory of those statements. List every should. For instance, I should be going to networking events every week. I should be charging more. I should be making cold calls. I should hire an assistant. You get the idea. Item by item, challenge the shoulds. What is really true? Someone once told me that saying I should is a thinly disguised I don't want to. Ask yourself if each should is true by taking the statement and changing it to I want to. So those previous statements would read, I want to go to networking events every week. I want to be charging more. I want to make cold calls. I want to hire an assistant. Does that feel honest? If so, shifting your language and motivation from I should to I want to can put you on the road to recovery from should-itis. If the truth is really I don't want to, It's time to challenge everything. Look at all of your assumptions about how you work, the whole kit and caboodle. For instance, I'm taking a close look at how I do my blog, podcast, newsletter, book promotion, coaching, social media, scheduling, and presentations. As a result of this close examination, some things will change and others will stay the same. 
The point is to question each process. You can change what's not working and recommit to what is. Being on autopilot for too long can definitely contribute to shoulditis. It's more about have to than want to, and you forget why you're doing it that way in the first place. By shifting into manual gear, you're forcing yourself to look at each aspect of your business with fresh eyes. You can see more clearly where you're letting the shoulds take control. And even that simple awareness might be enough to re-energize your thinking. Second, give yourself introvert time. Because after all, you want to feel better, right? If you treat shoulditis as something that has compromised your normal operating system, then we know what works. Shut down, rest, and restart. This might seem to go without saying because after all, we're introverts, but we can forget that it's really a non-negotiable. Give yourself space to clear your head. Turn down the volume on everything. Do this for however long and as often as you're able, whether that's five minutes, five hours, or five days. It's your schedule, your rules. If you've come up with some new strategies and actions based on your should and assumptions inventory, acknowledge yourself for that accomplishment, then let the work go for a little while. Trust that you've collected and documented your plans, and they will be waiting for you when you go back on the grid. Conversely, notice if you've been too isolated. Maybe you need a healthy dose of extrovert time. For me, sometimes it's as simple as working in a coffee shop or library in communal solitude, as Jennifer Conweiler puts it. Other times, I might choose to do some intentional networking or set up a Skype date with a colleague. Consider the amount and intensity of interaction that feels right for you and make it happen. And third, break the spell. It doesn't have to be a brilliant idea, work of art, or even halfway decent. Once you've given yourself some recovery time, do something, anything, to disrupt the rut. As I mentioned, this blog post is part of shifting my energy. What will it be for you? Keep it simple, low risk, and something you can do from start to finish. It's good to have small victories and a sense of accomplishment when you're trying to shake the shoulds. One final point. I opened this post with a confession, and that's part of the process. Admitting you're listening to the shoulds more than you're aware of your inner wisdom. That there's something going on, it feels counterproductive, and you want to change it. Be compassionate with yourself. Don't beat yourself up and say you shouldn't be feeling this way. You do, so feel it. Then choose to move through it. If you wish to make a comment, I have an invitation for you. If you go to the blog post, what are the strongest shoulds that show up for you in your business? And when you challenge them, what happens? What helps you to shift your energy? I invite you to go to my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com, and share your comments on this post. I do have a PS to this post, and it's about Sophia Dembling's original post about pushing past creative burnout. 
she had an equally wonderful follow-up post that's worth the time to read and consider. You can find it on the psychologytoday.com blog. Her blog is called The Introvert's Corner, and it's called Taking Action Against Burnout. Both posts, the original and the follow-up, include thoughts from me and wise words from Coach Val Nelson. Thanks for listening. You can read this post on my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com, and feel free to comment there. If you enjoy this blogcast, you might also enjoy my podcast titled The Introvert Entrepreneur. Both can be found on iTunes in the same feed. And did you know I have a book coming out soon? It's called, as you might have guessed, The Introvert Entrepreneur. The complete title is The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths, and Create Success on Your Own Terms. You can read more about it, including an excerpt from the introduction, on my website. Just visit theintrovertentrepreneur.com and click on books. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job.